A win is a win is a win is a win is a win. Count them. That's five. Five and oh. Uh, Eagles going to Los Angeles. Beat the Rams 23-14. And not a... T- Was it a tale of two halves? Defensively, yes. Um, offensively, yes. But the Eagles won both. And that's all that matters. Hey, they're winning. The trend has continued. Have they played really good? No. Um, let's just get into it, right? We got so much to talk about because a lot of stuff in this game was different than what's happened the first four. Some new players, uh, some shifts. Uh, you know, Again, a lot to talk about. So let's go with what are the five reasons why the Eagles were able to beat the Los Angeles Rams? And the fifth one was Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts played an exceptional first half. Uh, the second half, it did tailor off. He had an absolutely atrocious interception in the third quarter um, in the end zone to A.J. Brown. It just I understand what he was thinking because it worked in the first half where they went back shoulder. The corner knew a back shoulder was coming. It was a killer witherspoon. A guy, by the way, Jalen Hurts pretty much you know targeted, you know, Non-stop last year when we played Pittsburgh and AJ Brown had such a big game against, but um, and by the way AJ had another big game today, so it's not like. But again, it wasn't even against the killer Witherspoon. Regardless, Witherspoon undercuts and makes the interception, and then on the play where we went up twenty to fourteen, that drive right where we had to settle for a field goal, hurts a couple times, man. Like especially the play where he threw it to Devonte Smith in the corner, it was incomplete. Now to be fair, he's in the middle of the pocket. Pocket collapses. He spins around. So when he spins, clearly he is not looking at the receivers at this point. He has to readjust. And if you watch the play, they, you know, the TV broadcast highlights that Quez Watkins is wide open in the middle of the end zone, which he was uh, in the middle of the field too. If you see, I saw a copy from the fan today, a fan at the stadium. So it's like essentially an all twenty-two version of it. DeAndre Swift. Or I, and I can't even remember if it was Swift or Gainwell. Regardless, the running back is leaking out. And they are wide open as well. And they're probably going to score if he gives it to him. Now, in Hurts' defense, he's spinning out of that pocket. He knows this play is on borrowed time. So generally, what you do at that point is he's looking at one read. He's going to look at one player. If that's not there, he's chucking it out of bounds. And it wasn't, it was sort of not maybe there, whatever. He gave his receiver a chance, but he just picked wrong. Do I think he's terrible for it? No, I think it's because he spun out. But again, just to tell you, there were some missed opportunities in the second half. And our red zone offense sucks right now. And a lot of it's play calling. A lot of it is. When it was 20 to 14, and we're going up to possibly go up by two score, uh, two touchdowns or just two scores. We get to the 11-yard line on a drive that's been literally the DeAndre Swift drive. We take him out of the game. First, we run the ball. Or no, we we have him in the game for first down. We just essentially you know, run a read option. Jalen keeps the ball, goes nowhere. He comes out on second down. It goes to Kenny Gainwell for, what, two yards. Third down, we run the ball again with Jalen Hurts. So DeAndre Swift doesn't touch the ball on those three crucially important plays, which just 
again, speaks to what the, you know, the reason that this red zone office and offense has been so bad. It's on Brian Johnson. It's on Nick Sirianni. I mean, it's been terrible. We are not finishing drives. The Eagles dominated this game. They did. They dominated from a time of possession standpoint, every which way you could think of. They dominated the game. They, and they only got 23 points. Yeah, you could look at it glass half full, glass half empty, but it, eventually you got to be able to get in the red zone and score. And the Eagles are just struggling to do that this year. That's the problem here. That's one of the major problems with this team. That's why to a lot of people it's not looking so pretty. Because they're not finishing drives. They're getting into the red zone. They're not finishing them. Regardless, Jalen Hurts, I thought, again, he threw for over 300 yards. He ran for over 70 yards. He had an excellent game. A a touchdown throwing, a touchdown running. Again, the, the interception was horrible. And that's got to stop. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot. So when it does happen here, you know, we're at four turnovers in five games. That's, that's, or five turnovers in five games. I'm sorry. I mean, that's too much for Jalen. He, he's not that type of player. He's not going to turn it over once a game. But the beautiful thing is, while this is all happening, we're 5-0. and Now, fourth reason why. I went with A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, 127 yards receiving. He's got 433 yards in his last three games. This guy is insane. Like He's just unbelievably good. Hurts' best throw of the game, ironically, was probably a ball that if you asked Brown, he should have probably pulled in. It was going to be a hell of a catch regardless, but it was the, the on a corner route. But I mean, besides that, the play at the end of the first half where Hertz, or Brown catches it with one hand, gets down, gets horse-collared, gets us into a position where we're able to score a touchdown. This guy's special. He just wins. You know what I mean? He just wins. He's unbelievably good. I know we talked about it. And again, I, I had my wide receiver rankings. I still had De- 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 Devontae Smith above A.J. Brown. And again, it wasn't like I was discrediting A.J. Brown. I had him as the fourth best receiver in the NFL going into the season, in my opinion. A.J. Brown is making a strong case that he is the best receiver in the NFL. I'm telling you, this guy is unbelievably good. He's incredible. Like He's only six feet tall, but he looks like he's about 6'5". You can't tackle him. Like, he's the biggest-looking six-foot guy I've ever seen in my life. He is a special talent. He really is, and we're fortunate to have him. And I think every day that the Tennessee Titans are one of the dumbest teams to ever exist. The fact that they got rid of this guy is just mind-boggling that they got rid of A.J. Brown. Thank you. Third reason why. And we're going to go with two defensive linemen. Jalen Carter and Hassan Reddick. And really, Jalen Carter, for a majority of the game, I mean, the impact that he had was, was so great. This guy had two more sacks today. Uh, his impact on the game is just incredible. I mean, the, the sack there that's going to be shown for a while is the one where he just absolutely destroyed uh their guard, or their center, I'm sorry, and just absolutely bull rushed Matt Stafford, just jackhammered him to the ground. Um, this guy is an incredible, he's just an insanely good football player. He really is. He's an incredible football player. We're extremely fortunate to have him. Even on the play where the last play of the game, the last 
important play of the game for the Rams on offense, the 4th and 12 play. He's getting double teamed. He makes an incredible move inside, beats the double team, forces Stafford to have no ability to step up, and Hassan Reddick finished the play and got his second sack of the game. Hassan Reddick in the, was what, the last two drives? Or last drive, I mean two sacks. He made his impact known. For as quiet as he's been, he's got three sacks on the season. It's it's Seriously, it's it, that's impressive. But we got a guy like Josh Sweat, who's had no impact whatsoever. I mean, for a team that didn't have Fletcher Cox today, um, the D-line, honestly, it was... I don't know what to say about the defensive line, because Jalen Carter is a special player. Hassan Reddick finally makes an impact, but Josh Sweat, again, nothing from Josh Sweat. There's nothing from Jordan Davis today. Now, again, they're effective in the run game. I'm not going to sit there and say that's not important. It is, but there's nothing from Brandon Graham. There's nothing from Derek Barnett. There was nothing from, you know, Contavious Street, Moro Jomo, Milton Williams flash day. Milton Williams did have an impact. But, I mean, it's just a lot of, like... That's the the unit. If you ask me right now, and I know a lot of people will lean secondary, but I'm going to lean defensive line as underachieving the most because it's all first-round guys, right? That's the whole point. It's first-round picks. It's a first-round pick in Barnett. It's a first-round pick in Reddick. It's a first-round pick in Carter, who, by the way, though, Carter is living up, but a first-round pick in Davis. First-round pick in Cox. First round, uh, first round pick in Graham. All first round picks. You know, people want to get mad at the secondary, but the secondary is a bunch of UDFA's, and we're sitting here talking about Jalen Carter and Hassan Reddick, and I'm just telling you, you need to have got. And again, I understand you're not going to have seventy plus sacks again. That's just not reasonable to think that you're going to set an NFL record each and every year with your defensive line. It also helped last year setting that record was we stayed healthy for the most part on defense. And number two, we played a lot of inferior uh, quarterbacks. That is a recipe for getting sacks. But I mean, far too much with... Hmm... <laughs> Far too often, we are hoping for an impact and hoping and hoping. And I will give Sean Desai this. He is starting to scheme more to help them impact the game. We had a bunch of times where we made adjustments where it looked like at least we started playing a little bit more physical style defense and not as cowardly as usual. Not saying we didn't play cowardly. And, you know, hey, the second half defense is part of this because it's a part of the reason why we won the game. I know Darius Slay saying afterwards that he went to the coaches to ask if he could just shadow Cooper Cup because the first two drives of the game for the Rams, Cooper Cup was looking like he was going to set an NFL record for receptions in a game. You know, he went into the slot. We had Eli Ricks come in and play slot. I mean, it looked like Mario Goodrich started, by the way, in the slot. But no offense to Mario Goodrich. He just can't play. He's not there as an NFL player yet. Maybe it'll happen eventually. It ain't yet. So Ricks comes in. And I'm telling you, I think Ricks could actually be a pretty decent slot corner. But Ricks has only ever played outside. 
all preseason and training camp, he did not play slot. I'm sure they've been working with him in practice. That's a different animal. Practice, especially during the season. You're not practicing like you do in training camp. You're not practicing like you would for a preseason. Like, it's a totally different thing. So him getting out there, and his first, you know, forte into playing the slot, he's got Cooper Cup as the guy he's got to guard. That's a heavy freaking ask, isn't it? If we had Avante Maddox, it's a heavy ask. You're asking a guy who's never played slot corner to go out there and try to guard arguably one of the best slot receivers to ever play the game. So, I mean, I give, listen, I think Eli Ricks could end up playing the position rather well. I think his future is as an outside corner, and I think he could be an NFL outside corner for us. I, I legitimately do. But Bradley Roby comes in there, and Bradley Roby was called up from the practice squad. He's been on the team a week. And you know what's funny? Bradley Roby was out there, and every time he was out there at first, it was like he was blitzing. And the Rams were calling screens on his side, and they kind of got a tell on it. But then when he was in coverage, I thought Bradley Roby showed some things. I know people will point to the play where it looked like Cup had him for a touchdown. It was a, again, it was a blitz. They played up. It was a proper, by the way, he made a proper switch with James Bradbury. Because uh, again, we have struggled with bunch formations. Roby makes a proper switch, which Ricks did also in this game, which was the, the most encouraging thing I've seen. They're tapping their helmet to indicate a switch, which is finally something new. And yeah, he looks like he may have, been, but again, it was going to take a perfect pass. And I got a spoiler for everybody here. Great coverage will always be beat by perfect passes. It just is what it is. But I was very, very encouraged with with Bradley Roby and the addition of Eli Ricks. And I'm telling you, this was trial by fire today. It'll only get better the more experience those two guys especially get playing out there. And I'm glad Eli Ricks finally got some uh, run in an NFL game. I like him a lot. I'm telling you, I, I have confidence in a guy like Eli Ricks. Much more than I do in a Mario Goodrich. And it again, it speaks volumes today that Josh Job, again, wasn't out there. Fairness. They don't want Bradbury playing inside. They didn't pay him to play inside. That's fair. And again, if Job was lighting it up at outside corner, sure, they would just say, okay, hey, well, you know what? What can we do? But at this point, they just figured, hey, it's not as much of a net positive. We'd rather have Bradbury on the outside. He's better than Job, which is true. And then we could at least at the slot corner try to figure out and manufacture what we can do here, especially while we try to get Bradley Roby ready because it looks like Bradley's going to be the guy in the middle. And for the second half of this game, they figured it out. Now, second reason why. How about Dallas Goddard? Remember him? Does everybody remember Dallas Goddard? The Eagles sure did today. They remembered Dallas Goddard. And it's about time. Because we needed to remember Dallas Goddard. Eight catches, 117 yards, and a touchdown. First drive, I think he had 50-some yards and, and a touchdown on that first drive alone. And and what a block on a crucial drive uh, or run play to um, DeAndre Swift, where he just took out a linebacker. I think it was a third and four run. Took out a linebacker in the middle of the hole, opened it up. It was unbelievable. I'm telling you, this guy, like, there was a lot of concern about Dallas Goddard. Lots and lots of concern. Oh, what's going on with Dallas Goddard? And you saw it today. Hey, his time was coming. I, I Again, hand up. I didn't think it would take five games. 
But trust me, in Game 5, he exploded today. And he was a major part why we were able to win this game. But the number one reason why the Eagles won this game, uh, their offensive line. Aaron Donald. Again, a, a for sure Hall of Famer. He had zero impact on the game. I get it. The Rams' D-line is not the best unit in the league. Far from it. They have arguably one of the best players, but it's not one of the best units in the league. And to sit here and tell you that, you know, hey, Aaron Donald's going to have no impact, especially when Suo Pettis playing, right guard. This was an incredible, incredible display by the offense line once again. I mean, they just controlled the game. Jalen Hurts had so many clean pockets. Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, uh, Landon Dickerson, Jordan Mailata. I mentioned Sue Opeta. And Cam Jurgens went on IR. They put him on IR, I believe, yesterday. So he is going to be out four games. They have an open roster spot. My guess is Braden Mann's going to get it because he's out of elevations at punter unless they cut him and sign a new punter and keep doing this roster tango thing with the punter and the practice squad. Roby's eventually going to get a spot on the team. Uh, Nicobe Dean is eligible to return from IR, I believe, this week. So they're not going to cut Nicholas Morrow, even though we're going to talk about him in a second. So, I mean, my guess would be if they sign Mann, they could always now call Julian Good-Jones up from the practice squad as, you know, your, your backup center. I mean, I've heard, I hate Driscoll has played center in college, never in the NFL. Landon Dickerson clearly played a ton of center in college, never in the NFL. So I know they have guys on the team that could snap the ball if they need to, but I'd want to have these guys prepared to play it, you know? I know we got a great guy in Kelsey, and he's like an Iron Man, but you know, anybody's a play away. But this offensive line, hats off. They were incredible. They dominated the game. They're the reason that this game was what it was. They really were. The brotherly shove, that play too. Like <laughs> We just win that play so much because those five guys are just dominant. Their get-off is incredible. Now, some things that weren't so awesome in this win. Let's talk about, uh, first and foremost, let's talk about Quez Watkins at the end of the first half there. When we had to settle for a field goal, they they run a third and three like swing pass to Quez Watkins, and um, he can get a first down. It's perfectly blocked. He just stays outside and loses a yard. Just unacceptable. Like, again, afraid of contact. And again, I don't want to pick on Quez Watkins. It's one play, sure. But it's just one plays are adding up. And I know he's in a tough spot. I understand last year didn't go the way he wanted to. Of course. I understand in the Super Bowl he had a big drop. And again, I get it. He doesn't have a lot of opportunities so when he makes a mistake, it's magnified because he's not getting... But again, what do you want me to say? That's a play where it's like you got to make that turn and not be afraid of contact. And that's to me, let's call it what it was. This guy was afraid to turn his head in. Going outside made no sense. He knows it too. He was afraid of the contact. That's what it was. But 
Then also, Nicholas Morrow. For as great a game as Morrow had last week, to drop that gimme interception. Bradbury tipped it right to him. I mean, he's got to make that play. You know, Terrell Edmonds last week, we saw drop a gimme. He drops one here. The fumble, like two plays later, not recovering it. Can't happen. And the good thing for the Eagles with Morrow is Dean is back next week. I'm telling you, I think people have forgotten that Kobe Dean is a really damn good football player. But doesn't mean, again, I'm not advocating that Nicholas Morrow be cut. But today was not one of his brighter games. Again, he had his chance on a third and one, I think it was, in the, what was it, early in the fourth quarter. Kyron Williams ran right into his lap and didn't finish the play. Again, Nicholas Morrow has exceeded expectation by a billion since he took over for N'Kobe Dean. But I think we're starting to also realize, hey, N'Kobe Dean is still the guy at middle linebacker. And, hey, after the first half, you thought we had problems at corner. Like, I mean, (laughs) our secondary is an issue. It really is. So, trust me, I'm starting to hear the names out there for trades. I am I am starting to believe that the Eagles may be interested in making a trade at safety. They can like Sidney Brown all they want, but Sidney Brown can't get on the field. That's a problem. Like he missed again today's game with his hamstring injury. Fair or not. I mean, hey, your best ability is availability. I and that's the thing. I don't think the Eagles want to make a move at safety because they think they have it in him with Reed. But at the same time, it's like, hey, we can't piss away this season on a hope that a guy who, you know, hasn't proven he could stay on the field could stay on the field too. I'm happy about obviously the result. That's the most important thing here. Um, this is a really damn good team. You know, I, I know people don't want to believe it. <laughs> Right, I know people don't want to think that the Eagles are a really good team, but they are. You know, I'm watching the San Francisco Dallas game here, and right now in the third quarter, San Francisco is winning 28 to 10. So it looks like there's probably going to be two unbeaten teams still in the league after this week. And if this result holds, the Eagles will have a two game lead in the NFC East, which is obviously as important as anything. But you're seeing today, it's like, you know, this is the the measuring stick here is the 49ers, right? But I still believe the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. I don't believe we've played to the level we could play to prove we're the best team in the NFL. But again, at the same time, it doesn't matter. You don't get ranked in the league by, you know, people voting in a poll. (laughs) You get ranked, ranked by your record. And here's the beautiful thing. We play the 49ers this season. But that's not what we're looking at right now. This next week is against the Jets. And here's the thing about the Jets we're playing. They're playing better football. They won today. Their quarterback is starting to get a little bit more confidence. They have an extremely good defense. If you think next week's going to be easy, you're a fool. And that's the one thing I will say about the Eagles here so far is I don't believe they've looked past any opponent. And I know people will point to Washington, and I don't think they looked past Washington. I'm telling you, I just think Washington played as good a football game as they're going to probably play all season against us. 
Stacking wins is all that matters right now. The goal is to win the Super Bowl, and the first way to do it is to stack as many wins in the regular season as possible, and the Eagles are five up. Very encouraged with Jalen Hurts. Very encouraged with the A.J. Brown. Very encouraged with Dallas Goddard. Very encouraged with DeAndre Swift. That guy isn't, like, again, he wasn't mentioned here, but DeAndre Swift is special. Like, he is a special football player. Getting him is one of the all-time greatest gifts this team has ever had. It really is. By the way, as I say this, Prescott just threw an interception, so it's starting to really look like the 49ers are going to end up winning this game. But um, speaking to, like I said, having a guy like DeAndre Swift given to you, again, it's all dependent on health, true. And I say that because we've been ravished with injuries, but people can relax and start believing in the Eagles. You can believe in the Eagles. They're a damn good football team. And they're only getting better and better. And I'm telling you, Sean Desai as a defensive coordinator is 7 million times better than Jonathan Gannon. It's not even close. He calls a much more aggressive team uh, scheme. It's still passive, but it's nothing in comparison. Again, the what was it? The high-level QB test game? This was a high-level QB here at Matthew Stafford. And for two drives in the first half, it looked like, oh, goodness gracious, we're in some trouble. Three, I'm sorry. It was really the first three drives. But that second half, I mean, yeah, he had some opportunities. But the reason those opportunities didn't work is because they were throws with under, he was under pressure. And a lot of time it was because the Eagles were bringing more than the uh, Rams could block. This was an excellent, excellent day for the Eagles. This was going to be a hard game. Going East Coast to West Coast, right? And they go out there and they beat the Rams. Back in Philly next week against the Jets. Again, I'm telling everybody this. The Jets are a lot more, and again, not in Philly, I'm sorry, in New York. But it's against the Jets. And I'm telling you this right now. The Jets are a much better team than I think people want to give them credit for being because obviously Aaron Rodgers isn't playing. Clearly that's a major deal, and it is. But defensively, the Jets are one of, if not the best defenses in the league. Sauce Gardner, and we're going to have a ton of talk about this on Thursday, but they have so many guys on defense that can make impacts on the game. It's going to be hard It is going to be a test. And I'm telling you, this team can't be ready to fall asleep in this game and think they could just, you know, essentially sleepwalk through it and beat them. Because if they do, they will lose. But that's the one thing about Sirianni. He's never had anybody just uh, any, like, again, I know we could sit here and point at the Colts game last year. You could point at the Washington game last year and the Washington game this year. And I'm telling you, I just think that those teams threw their best punches. Because that happens too. 5-0. 5-0. and Now, to wrap up this week, Freaks of the Week. We'll go Freak of the Week. We're going to go, and it's Freaks. It's the offensive line, all five. Five members of the offensive line. Those guys were awesome. They were freaking awesome today. Yeah, you could have went with Goddard. Sure, you can go with Jalen Carter or Sanre. No, it's 1 million percent the offensive line. 
Geeks of the Week, Quez Watkins. That play, that's just unbelievably such a geek play. That's what it was. It was such a geek play. Quez Watkins runs away with Geek of the Week. We will be back on Thursday previewing the Jets. I want everybody out there to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated, and as always... Go Eagles. Go.